Welcome to US Rail Journeys, Series 3. It's been a long time coming, but with the easing of travel restrictions, I have been able to make the journeys I had originally planned for the spring of 2020. Join me as I travel 6,684 miles with Amtrak across the United States. First, I take the Silver Star from Miami to New York, then the Crescent from New York to New Orleans. Next, I take the Texas Eagle from Los Angeles via San Antonio to Chicago. Then it's the Lakeshore Limited from Chicago to New York. And finally, the Acela from New York up to Boston. Episode 17, where we experience further delays before we arrive in New Orleans, many hours late, around midnight. Well, we were making progress south of Meridian, and then we came to a stop, and then we backed up. We've been here about half an hour, adding to our delay. Fortunately, we're in the countryside in a very rural area. But we are stuck across a level crossing and there are a couple of vehicles there. I would imagine that the people are not too happy. It looks as though around about 10 people have got off here at Laurel on their way home. Next to the station is a company called Hometown who restore buildings. Their restorations are shown on television. Our next stop is in Hattiesburg. It should have been at about 10 to 6, but considering our delays it's much later. I'm looking at a gorgeous red setting sun at the moment. In 1882, William Hardy, a pioneer lumberman and civil engineer, founded Hattiesburg in the fork of the Leaf and Bowie rivers. Early settlers were attracted by the vast areas of virgin pine timberlands. Hardy named the city after his wife and it was incorporated in 1884. The New Orleans and Northeastern Railroad line from Meridian to New Orleans arrived in 1884. Then the Gulf and Ship Island Railroad from Gulfport to Jackson, Mississippi crossed Hattiesburg in 1897. It was this crossing that first earned Hattiesburg the title of Hub City. In the 20th century, the city benefited from the founding of Camp Shelby two major hospitals and the Public University of Southern Mississippi. The city is also home to the William Carey University, 
a private Baptist university. Bernard Ebers and a group of investors meeting here over dinner first sketched out the idea for MCI WorldCom after the breakup of AT&T. The local police department is serviced by its own training academy. It's one of the most difficult basic academies in the country with an attrition rate of over 50%. The city and particularly the railway station are claimed by some to be the birthplace of rock and roll. The 1936 recordings, made in the station by Mississippi Duke Band members Blind Roosevelt Graves, his brother Euroy and pianist Cooney Vaughan were, according to rock historian Robert Palmer, felt to be the first fully formed rock riffs and beat. The station is located in the Newman-Bushman Railroad Historic District, the city's oldest neighbourhood and once the site of the Newman Lumber Company. The 14,000 square foot brick Hattiesburg Southern Railway Station was originally completed in 1910. One of the larger and more elaborate surviving passenger stations in Mississippi, it has been in continuous use since it first opened. It was built in the Italian Renaissance style with a hipped roof originally in clay tile and tin and was noted for its 924 foot canopy which was partially removed in 1958. The station, restored in a 10 million dollar five-year project which was completed in 2007, was used by 8,326 passengers in 2019. After leaving Hattiesburg, we pass through the DeSoto National Forest, named after the 16th century Spanish explorer Hernando de Soto. It is 810 square miles of pine forests and is one of the most important protected areas for the biological diversity of the Gulf Coast ecoregion. It is a nationally important site for protection of longleaf pine savannas, pine flatwoods, and longleaf pine forests. More than 90% of this ecosystem type has been lost in the United States. The wet pine savannas support rare and endangered plant and animal species, such as the orchid, Calopogon multiflorus, gopher frogs and gopher tortoises. There are numerous carnivorous plants, particularly pitcher plants. There are year-round opportunities for outdoor activities including camping, canoeing, bird-watching, photography, hunting, fishing and more. The region around Picayune didn't come under US control until 1810. By that time it had changed hands several times between the French and Spanish. It is situated in a dense subtropical landscape and is the business and medical centre of the Pearl River County. It's approximately 45 miles from New Orleans. It was founded in 1904 by the then owner and publisher of the New Orleans Times and it became a city in 1922. At that time it was a centre for cattle ranching and the growing of tongue trees. Tongue oil was once a primary ingredient in fine waterproof wood varnishes used by both the furniture 
and marine industries. Hurricane Camille destroyed most of the tongue orchards in 1969 and the region has turned to cattle as its main economic staple. Following Hurricane Katrina in 2006, many people who had lived closer to the Gulf of Mexico moved here seeking a safer home and easy commute back to the Gulf Coast. Mississippi State University's Crosby Arboretum is here and it is the premier native plant conservatory in the southeastern United States. Picayune is an intercity station in the downtown area served by the Crescent. It was rebuilt as an intermodal facility and reopened in 2008, featuring a classic early 20th century design including a porte cochere and a waiting room. Prior to this there was an open covered shelter. It is a flag stop, so the train only stops here when passengers have tickets either to or from the station. Since the suspension of the Sunset Limited east of New Orleans in 2005, it has been the only Amtrak station on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. 1,738 passengers used the station in 2019. We crossed the Mississippi-Louisiana state line and reached Slidell. The town was named after John Slidell, the one-time Confederate States of America Commissioner to France, a member of Congress and sent by President James K. Polk to Mexico to offer $30 million for California and also to negotiate the border of Texas as the Rio Grande River. The town became home to producers of bricks and creosote. With the opening of a NASA computer center, it became a major suburb of New Orleans. It suffered extensive damage from Hurricane Katrina, experiencing a 23-foot storm surge from Lake Pontchartrain. The station was built in 1913 for the New Orleans and Northeastern and the New Orleans Great Northern Railroad. The Norfolk Southern Railway donated the station to the city in 1996. It was renovated with a grant from the Louisiana Department of Transportation and Development with funds from the Intermodal Surface Transportation Efficiency Act of 1991. It currently houses an art gallery, the Slidell Cultural Center and an American-style hamburger restaurant named Times Grill. It was added to the National Register of Historic Places in 1996 and was used by 4,702 passengers in 2019. We now cross Lake Pontchartrain on a 5.8-mile trestle spanning the 630-square-mile lake. This is the second largest saltwater lake in the United States and the largest lake in Louisiana. It connects to the Gulf of Mexico via the Rigolet Strait. The Norfolk Southern Lake Pontchartrain Bridge is a rolling lift trunnion bridge that carries a single track of Norfolk Southern Line over the lake between Slidell and New Orleans. It is the longest railway bridge in the United States and the longest over water in the world. 
The bridge is heavily used by Norfolk Southern freight trains as well as the Crescent. If it was daytime, we would see the Louisiana State University at New Orleans and its dental school. We would see the above-ground cemeteries of Metair, a New Orleans suburb, on our way into the city. The city skyline soon becomes visible. America's most interesting city. It's also known as the Crescent City, Norlins, and the city that care forgot. Whatever you call it, it isn't boring. It has an abundant mix of jazz, nightlife, world-class restaurants, architecture and history. The station is next to the massive Louisiana Superdome, home to the New Orleans Saints in the NFL. It was designed in 1967 and was used as a shelter during Hurricane Katrina. Whether you take a cruise on a Grand Mississippi River paddle wheeler, a trip on the famed streetcars through the Garden District, or a stroll, there's much to see and do. By 1840, New Orleans was the wealthiest and third most populous city in the US. Today it is world famous for its abundance of unique architectural styles, with 17 historic landmark districts, from the renowned French Quarter and Bourbon Street to famous St. Charles Avenue. New Orleans is one of the top 10 most visited cities in the United States. The New Orleans Union Passenger Terminal is served by Amtrak, Greyhound, Megabus and Norta, with direct connections to the Rampart St. Claude Streetcar Line. The station is the major southern terminus hub for Amtrak. It's used by the city of New Orleans, the Crescent and the Sunset Limited. Amtrak also operates a coach and engine yard near the terminal. The station was designed in 1949 and opened in 1954. It was considered an ultra-modern facility. Sadly, just at the time that air travel was taking passengers at the expense of rail travel. There is a 120-foot-long mural of Louisiana and New Orleans history. It was restored after Hurricane Katrina. The freight and express houses are now the domain of the Smoothie King Center and the main post office. Following Hurricane Katrina, Amtrak provided the first commercial transport out of New Orleans. During the recovery efforts, the bus station was used for a temporary jail and nicknamed Camp Greyhound. In January 2013, the station became the terminus for the new mile-long Leola Avenue Union Passenger Terminal streetcar line, connecting Canal Street with the Central Business District and destinations such as the Superdome. Gulf Coast regional officials have been advocating for the restoration of a daily train service between New Orleans and Florida since 2016, and in February 2021, it was announced that a passenger rail service would return to the Gulf Coast with an Amtrak route from New Orleans to Mobile. Stops should include Base St. Louis, Gulfport, Biloxi and Pascagoula. This service is expected to begin sometime. By the time we arrived in New Orleans, we were over three hours late and it was past midnight. We then had a further wait until our luggage was unloaded. Once I was reunited with my luggage, I went to look for transport to my hotel. 
My original plan had been to use the public transport system, but I think that had all finished for the night. There was one taxi at the taxi rank, but two people were already getting into it. They asked me where I was going, and as it was on their way, they kindly offered me a lift to my hotel. I'm staying at the French Market Inn, where I stayed on my last visit to New Orleans three years ago. I checked in, went up to my room, quickly washed and did my teeth, went to bed and immediately fell asleep. The man with the microphone thanks the passengers and crew on train 19, the Crescent, which departed from Penn Station on Monday the 27th of June 2022. The US Rail Journeys podcasts are produced and published by the Mr. T Podcast Studio. Thank you very much for listening and please join me again in a couple of weeks for the next instalment. Thank you.